Talking about stuff, talking about things, talking about you, talking about me. It's not a wild country, and we are celebrating. It is Canberra. Conversations in the capital. Hello, my name is Henry. Welcome to Canberra Conversations in the Capital. Today at Kitta in Narrabunda, I'm joined by its co-founder and front of house manager Zach Young. Opening its doors in 2018, Kita is Canberra's own after-hours cafe. Serving some of the most delicious Indonesian cuisine south of the lake, Kita has created an environment of nourishment, safety and belonging for any time of night, from 6pm to 6am, five days a week. A second home for so many evening workers throughout the city, Kita celebrates being a Canberra mainstay now for half a decade, catering to any and all night owls looking for their evening nest. In short, Zach and his family have turned Kitta into the town's most renowned nocturnal eatery hotspot. Zach, hello, how are you today? Hey man, I'm good, I'm good, thanks for having me. No, of course, I'm excited to be here. You just gave me a tour of this place, learned some really cool backstories to Mm -hmm. this. Tell me more about the history of this place and the origins of what is now Kitta. I am half Sumatran, so from South Sumatra, and Palembang is where my family originated from. And my mum's been living here for almost the entirety of her life. And my dad is in the AFP, where he noticed there was a huge gap in the market where there are dozens and dozens and dozens of different shift workers working every single night till the sun comes up mm. where they had nowhere to go. So that ranges just from you know, ambos to people that work in the hospital all the way to casino staff and Mm. sort of everyone else in between so we wanted a space and we wanted to create an opportunity for people to come out of their little nesting holes and to a place where they can sort of hang out in and together we joined forces and we opened the doors and 2018 as you've already expressed is the year that we opened uh 31st of october so some of you might know that's obviously halloween Mm, the true. the interest there and the question was is if we were to have a, a Halloween themed opening that was quickly forgotten about after realizing <laughs> that it's just a day. So five years on, we're we're here and the, and the rest is history. Absolutely. Hey, you say you didn't want to make it a Halloween themed opening, and yet all I'm seeing is is orange and black here in terms of the That's color palette. True. And I don't gray. Know, some subconscious and spooky blue, season like the, occurring. The midnight or? That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you say it's a family-owned, it's a family-run business. Tell me more about the kind of culture, I suppose, that brings to a restaurant like this. Yeah, so I think it resonates really well and works in our favor as a business for customers. It adds so much more character, adds so much more story, adds so much more personality to mm. our business model not just because it's an overnight cafe, which hasn't been done in Canberra, but it's also put together and owned by and ran by a family. Like people get really invested in that idea, which is really cute. (laughs) Uh, And it's sort of been something that we have been able to really put in the hours, you know, for what it takes to actually run an overnight restaurant. And, you know, we can go into it in terms of just how difficult it actually is, not only just being in business, with family but to do the hours that we do and there has been always a big part of me that really believes that if it wasn't because we were all family we wouldn't be where we are and I think a lot of people might think 
doing these hours and, and doing the operation that we run here to be something that's quote-unquote easy without the family aspect of things I think we would have had a lot more challenges you know through that period of time but in terms of the the cultural benefit of that as well is that we have really used that as a part of our philosophy ever since we opened that we are a family and all of our staff that we bring on board and the people that we hire in the kitchen and in front of house we treat them like family Mm. and I think that sort of like in terms creates a very different environment where people are actually genuinely cared for on a genuine level and they're not just uh, another number in the team Mm. and that just resonates from the passion that you know mum and I and my dad have and stuff like that I think that's perpetually shown through you Mm. know I remember coming here when this place was just opening up even all the way back then being just very very you know, caring and very like a family when it comes to staff and everything. And it's a testament to what you guys are doing as a family unit to begin with, bringing more people in, which is so cool. Even though that hasn't changed, I have to assume in these five years, other things have evolved slowly in this restaurant. What are some of those key things that might be a bit less obvious on the surface evolving this last half decade? Mm. Yeah, I reckon probably the biggest thing is that we became more secure and sure of our business model as we we went along which actually in terms created more confidence Mm. for the business model for us to start experimenting and expanding from the start we were really sort of hyper focused on those late night diners Mm. shift workers and people who do night shifts and stuff like that where we did open originally from 9 p.m till 9 in the morning so from the start it was something that we wanted to give a go given that at the time there was nothing in Canberra that was like it and there still isn't but (laughs) mum still worked in public service and she was still finishing work at six hence why we could only open till nine but we really wanted to sort of give shift workers something you know that they could go to but as we went on the security and the support that we received from our customers and especially through COVID and stuff like that mm-hmm. is that uh, the the loyalty and the following and what we call as our cult following now has <laughs> really shined bright in the last couple of years where we started to then have the confidence and have like the security that the business and the, the cafe could work. So uh, we took the risk of starting earlier and we actually opened from seven and that sort of you know changed the dynamic of things and then we then went on to start opening from six and we only kind of did that quite recently Mm. and then we really wanted to focus on our business model and our business premise and we extended our menu and we made it bigger and we sort of just took a more full-on approach to it as we had the returning value from all the customers that were really seeming like they were benefiting a lot you know from this place yeah let's talk about that that cult following of customers shall we I want to know more about the range Mm. or rather specifically I want to know more about I guess the more quirky personalities that might show up because I have to assume (laughs) that you take away the night shift workers you take away the struggling uni students on heavy no-dose levels just wanting to finish an assignment there is still like another small percentage of Canberrans that are just awake at these hours that just casually waltz on in. What are they like? What are they like? What's that vibe? 
Well, quite recently, I have been compared to the Midnight Diner. If you've ever seen that show on Netflix, which I thought was quite funny. But yeah, this place has really turned into a place where people can come and just be to themselves, talk to me, uh, talk to other customers for a good period of time. Because we've been open for so, so long now, like five years, it's just like kind of goes through these little waves of, you know, a lot of people might come in on a regular basis and then for whatever reason, they might have a break or something happens in their life, or whatever. But, you know, for a period of time here, there was a there was almost, you know, one of everyone in here in the middle of the night. And it almost felt like a, the breakfast club, for example. And it was <laughs> yeah. like all these different types of people and they would sit up here together. And, you know, one might be a 17 year old kid who's you know trying to just figure stuff out to one who has like insomnia to a, another guy that's just you know friends with one of the staff here and stuff and then they can't sleep and everyone sort of just meets up you know once a week and then they just hang out and you know it's actually really cute but yeah we go through little sort of phases and the opportunity to have conversations and meet a really vast sort of array of people from yeah you're right like your shift workers and your more typical people that would be up in that time but you know from casino staff or casino punters to like night shift workers from Fishwick I'm able to have some really cool conversations with a lot of people because I feel like at that time people who are choosing to be up in the middle of the night you're already super interesting to Mm. me I think that's just like a very unique thing like you know there's always those people out there that dub themselves the night owls and that's what we sort of dub ourselves are as, as night owls and and we're really inter- I'm super weird you know what I mean so it's like I can understand you know what, what's going on and, and whatever so yeah it's it's a it's been a really cool space for a lot of people and like I have to sort of gauge on body language or on attitude if they seem like they want to talk to someone or they seem like they might want to unload a little bit or maybe they just don't want to be sort of you know pestered they just want food and whatever they want to eat and they want to leave and whatever but it's sort of evolved into a place where like yeah a lot of people can use it as a bit of a a safe haven or a comfortable space because of their uniqueness and our diversity has definitely grown since we've been opened and it's just become a place where literally every walk of life Hmm. can can come and just hang out yeah there's a there's a section under your things you need to know part of the website which (laughs) says i think something like Shoes are encouraged. Yeah. Has, has something led to this? Uh, we talked about this off camera about managing expectations of customers and stuff like that. Now, like the expectation is that you could probably rock up in like a hoodie or, yeah, you know, in sure. your trackies or in your pajamas and, or, you know, and, and whatever. And like, that's all cool and well, but there's a level of standard that we really pride ourselves on as well here. And we really try to enforce the fact that what you might expect of a place that's open in the middle of the night in Canberra. We want to sort of be that, but better, you know what I mean? So, you know, you wouldn't walk into your everyday restaurant or cafe probably without shoes. So like, why would you walk into here in that Mm. respect as well? So, uh, no, there hasn't been any like horror stories that if you're wondering, like (laughs) there's not been anything crazy, but there's definitely been times where it's just like, yeah, people walk through with bare, bare feet and it's like, you know what, what's going on? Like, you know, there's, broken glass sometimes like we clean the floors like twice a night don't get me wrong but and we're only a small business we don't have money you know to to cover your insurance if you hurt yourself or like all this type of stuff it's like someone will come barefoot and then cut themselves on something or step on something and then it'll be our fault yeah and it's like 
right, well, come on. why you not come wearing on. shoes, man? Like, Show some decorum. What's going come on? on. <laughs> so, yeah, we wanted to. We, we do want to set a standard, and we do want to sort of be above your what's to be expected for a, a middle of the night sort of venue. Like we're not a we're not a food van or a food truck in the middle of the car park. That's sort of like you know you just rock up, you buy your food, and that's sick. That's their business model, and that's awesome because that's what they're doing, and that's great. But we want to be a place where we can exceed expectations with the customer service, with the food quality, uh, and serve it at a time when no one else is serving it. So yeah, yeah, shoes need to be worn. In shoes venues. need to be worn. I think worn. I that's think it. it's just a no brainer in my opinion. For sure. That's just me. Some people think obviously different. <laughs> that you have a curry of the week. I mm. like that every time I've come to eat here, it's been a different curry, and that each time it's been a curry I've enjoyed. Your hit rate is superb. I want to know about the process of this. Is there some sort of regular rotation? Are you guys just casually chucking new things in without telling anybody what's going on? How does this process work? Regular rotation, that's the million dollar question, right? It Everyone, is, wants yeah. to know. Everyone wants to know what this week's curry is gonna be. <laughs> Um, look, the only thing that's done relatively consistently, uh, and even this is sort of some, some, some goss, some insider goss, is oh, that the good. last week of every month typically is some sort of red meat. Wow, curry. big. Okay, that's big. huge. That is huge. Uh, I'm giving that to you. It's an exclusive. Woo! It's you and you only, man. But no, it's t- typically the, out of the four or five weeks, the last week of the month is the beef rundung or the gulai gambing, which is our slow-cooked lamb or slow-cooked beef curry. Sometimes we do a fish, but it's just not chicken. Yeah, okay. Particularly, sometimes we do a soy and black pepper beef curry. Some people think it's more of a stir-fry, but it's it's a curry. I'll tell you what it is, <laughs> you take it. But essentially, that's it. And then and then 90% of the, or 80% of our curries is is chicken-based because primarily that's that's the sort of the diet of a typical Indonesian like chicken is very heavy over there and yeah I think I don't know off the top of my head I reckon we could probably rotate through like anywhere between eight I reckon like eight or ten different curries that we have and yeah we thought of it like as a really cool idea like it was just something that was really fun something that we can kind of keep fresh in terms of just like just things like social media or mm. just having something new for the, the customers to try every time they come in. Now it's been five years. So it's like a lot of customers. Yeah, and cool. instead of having, you know, weekly or monthly specials like typical cafes and restaurants do have, we just have a curry of the week. And that's been something that's been a lot of fun to just play around with, with a lot of customers because it's really cool because you want the bulk of the menu to be the same talking about what's really changed in terms of the menu since we opened hasn't changed much at all like we've extended the menu but it's pretty much the same like it's just we've we every year we kind of change maybe you know a handful of dishes over and you know we're going to probably have a couple new dishes in in october just so you know and Mm. that's something to look forward to but predominantly 90 percent of the menu is is the same so having something on a weekly basis to be able to present to the customers as they come in is super exciting like it's given me ideas to you know whether or not something like a curry card could work where you can kind of come through and you collect all the curries and if you do unlock a special yeah you get like something cool or something like that like there's always a million ideas flying through my head always (laughs) but the, the curry 
has been something that people really, really resonate well with. And the curry only being $20 as well, like in the middle of the night at a that's venue, it. it's like, that's still pretty, that's still pretty good. And we pride ourselves on that. That also attracts hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of customers a night. And that's yeah. what gives this place that energy of just being absolutely pumping all the time, which is really fun. You say the rest of the menu is, uh, basically non-changing right? yeah the car is the one thing that goes i kind of want to get you to almost fantasy book the most amazing meal you can come up with from the other four sections of the menu you can only choose one dish from each part of the menu yeah yeah what's going in so we'll assume the curry's sitting here with us already okay what are the other four yeah, things yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Look, just just as a side note, this curry that is hypothetically sitting here is yeah. the gulai gumbing, which is the best one, of hands down. Yeah, so cooked lamb curry, it's delicious. It's <laughs> the most popular one. We go through almost thirty to forty kilos of it a night. Wow. So we cook. We we yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and that's over 70, 80 portions a night times five. So just imagine. Yeah. Uh, amongst the 20 other items on the menu as well. So <laughs> I would go, personally, I would go from the medium yeah. section, uh, soto, ayam, for sure. So that's my favorite soup. It's the chicken vermicelli mm. uh, soup with the with the broth and the cabbage and the, you know, the bean sprouts and the egg, the mping and all that type of stuff. That's probably my favorite dish growing up. Nice. Uh, very nostalgic flavors for me and very light and a good little palate cleanser just to have on the side. So that would be my medium. The small side of things, I would probably go the lumpia, which is the vegetarian spring rolls, just to break it up. Mm-hmm. Definitely would say some of the other dishes are probably more crowd pleasers and such, but the hand-rolled spring rolls that my mum does are fantastic. Emphasis on hand-rolled. They are <laughs> hand-rolled. So, yeah, the vegetarian spring rolls on the side, on the smaller one, on the bigger portion of the menu, I would hands down probably choose the nasi goreng, just purely because it's, I'm a rice guy. The meat goreng (laughs) is good, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't love noodles. I've got to be in a specific uh, mood for some nudes, but uh, the, the, the nasi goreng is my favorite, specifically if it's cooked by my uncle Andy and uh, yeah he does it the best I like it when it's like a little bit charred and a little bit sort of on (laughs) the you know overcooked side with a really nice salty egg so that would be on the big and then on the small side of things, the pisang goreng, so the fried bananas, yeah. for sure, with the coconut ice cream and that's the, a dessert. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The dessert. yeah, yeah. That would be the that would be the the, the not the, the holy trinity. If it was, whatever you, the holy, I don't know, whatever you call it, but that would be that in a nutshell. And even then, like even with the menu, something that's evolved over the time is that only recently have I broken the menu up into those sections. Like sure. I wanted to sort of break the menu up into sections where people could share it. And mm. you know, if people can sit down and they're with friends and they're with a family or whatever, you can kind of recommend a couple things from each section and it can either be divvied up and, you know, a couple people could actually have a couple dishes. Where on the other hand, if you are just to come alone by yourself, you could still just have one dish you know what I mean and and that could be more than enough so just to sort of see what we can cater for whilst staying true to to what we really wanted to do from the start and let's talk about that start right because this is going to go out basically in line with the five-year anniversary mark coming through maybe I'll even make a note to make it as close to Halloween as possible (laughs) just for you Zach but uh it's a two-part question I'm I'm curious about the word legacy gets thrown around. And 
I would like your thoughts on what you are hoping this uh, this restaurant, this cafe, the Kita, would have been when it opened, and where you think it's heading towards being by the time it's done. Yeah, super good question because I've only really started thinking about that in in the recent years. Really, from the start, being a like an eighteen year old kid, like I had no idea. I had no, like I had no idea what I wanted it to be. I just knew I wanted it to do really good. I wanted it to, and I just wanted to have a lot of fun with it. But now, as the years go on, and I kind of need to take like a different approach to the whole sort of mantra of like the business yeah. and the ethos and stuff like that, is I quickly wanted to really have a, I don't know, quote unquote, yeah, end goal for it and it was to definitely make it a staple in Canberra like I wanted to to turn it into somewhere someone from Sydney or out of town can meet their buddy that lives in Canberra Mm. and go where do you like where like where do you recommend I go like take me somewhere and we would be somewhere that they would consider and I I really wanted it to be you know up there with like like Goodberries, maybe yeah. Kingsley, like Kingsley's, Kingsley's, yeah, yeah, and you know, like Questacon or something like that. Like places like you could, like you know what I mean, like places that is just true to Canberra and only unique to Canberra. And you know, like I wanted, I wanted to turn Kitty into something that is definitely shining light on what's possible in the nightlife of Canberra, and to really like bring people out of their holes and really break the sort of habits that a lot of Canberrans have which is you know and the expectations of you know restaurants close at nine or hmm. kitchen is done at 8 30 and you eat dinner early and that lines up with finishing your public service job at 5 30 hmm. and you sort of are in this little sort of rat race of like just absolutely no nightlife and 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 culture in Canberra and we really wanted to sort of shine light on that without the use of alcohol you know what I mean we wanted like pure wholesome (laughs) vibes where people are coming to experience what we have to offer yeah and I'm really like really happy and really proud of how it's tracked along because I feel as though you know we've almost hit that and there have been numerous amounts of customers (laughs) coming in from Sydney or from Melbourne or Perth or Adelaide or wherever they're from and they go like um you know I asked my friend such and such where I need to go you guys were highly recommended from whatever or I was you know, I was in this bar in the city and I was super hungry. So I asked the person who was working, like, you know, where do I get food around here? And they recommended you and we've come here or customers saying like, every time I come to Canberra, you know, I, we always come here and stuff like that. It's a really like fulfilling, you know, sort of feeling to have. It's really nice. Yeah. And yeah, just sort of just really trying to work and keep that sort of true where someone can have the same experience, whether or not they're coming in, you know, every week to once every six months or something like that. I think it's been really special, but that's something that it's definitely evolved into. And I think you guys are definitely on the way there, man. Mm. For sure. Hopefully. Okay, let's say that money is not a factor. Complete carte blanche. 
you can have a wish list of anything you want for this cafe restaurant. What's going on that wish list? The wish list. The wish list. The wish list is uh, long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it, I think I think there's like a lot of things like when we look around, you know, that um, I could probably use. <laughs> he looks around the restaurant, thinking about it. Yeah, I don't know. We do. We, we're in desperate need of some sort of outdoor uh, covered area of oh, sorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we really do need to provide some more comfort for for our outdoor patrons, and purely just because you know, for five months of the year, it's like super cold in Canberra, mm-hmm. so everyone naturally wants to sit inside. You know, and obviously only outdoor seats are, are available, and this that. So I think for the whole flow of service as well, so you're not absolutely getting smashed all the time. Having some outdoor seating, covered area. We do have outdoor seats, but having a, a covered area was something we have talked about the last couple of years. But obviously the financial side of things is something that can uh, cause a bit of difficulty. But that would be really cool. Some sort of facade <laughs> looks pretty, c- creates heating, is warm, very ideal. Speakers, mm. lights outdoor waiter station just the whole nine just make sure it's as efficient as possible i want projectors oh, i yeah. want to get projectors yeah, yeah. more so uh super affordable though mm-hmm. so there's no excuse on that front uh <laughs> you can get one on like amazon for like 20 bucks yeah but yeah some really cool projectors that kind of shine you know maybe out on the pavement outside which is a really cool sort of just looks nice yeah oh we had a bit of a joke about doing like a little kidder light in the sky oh for sure like the bat that would be really cool like a bat yeah, symbol like a so bat we, tu- symbol we turn covered. it on when we're when we're open so people just follow the <laughs> follow the signal follow the owl like it makes sense right and i'd want one that is on like batman you know what I mean? oh sure like the, yeah yeah <laughs> and it's, like, it's up in the air you could see it from space planes are crashing because yeah, it's a landing point they're coming in uh that would be ideal that would be really fun and That's i think really that would cool. be cool Let's do a yin and yang kind of situation. You guys open in the evenings. You're doing the evening things. I want you to shout out for me some of the hospo spots mm-hmm. that are open, let's say, during the day. That the day. that if, if you were to go during the day, for some reason you're awake at this point, even yeah. though you should be sleeping for the yeah. night shift, where would you go eat? Well, my favorite spot with my partner is currently Intra, Campbell Shops. Mm-hmm. The, the sausage and egg muffin there uncomparable the uh pickled onions and then the, the QP mayo on it is fantastic so i would choose yeah intro the one in braddon that just opened up is also fantastic so shout out to those guys during the day though i i love a vietnamese roll i love a banh mi mm, so yeah, sure. pretty much noi noi in kingston yeah pops off changes is somewhere that is very i call it very close to my heart it's this little vietnamese joint next to the building that I live in, in Woden. Mm. Uh, definitely not like, not everyone knows about it. Definitely not very, you know, m- most talked about it, but it's like a super wholesome little spot that only opened up maybe two years ago who do have the best barn mees in Canberra, in mm. my opinion. So yeah, shout out to Changes. It's called that because it's at the bus interchange. Oh, very I see. Original. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the bus interchange is there, not not there anymore. But it's a, it's still it's still <laughs> it's still warranted, so that's fine. This next question I've been asking everyone this season. Okay. What do you think Canberra needs more of, and why? 
I feel like Canberra could do more with places like Kita. I'll say it. Yeah. Okay. Like more like more <laughs> overnight restaurants, and the pure selfish reason is because I want to go somewhere. Yeah, true. When, when, I'm not, when I'm not working, but it's like get a business to open on like a Sunday or a Monday is like a nightmare sometimes. But yeah, I think I think they could just be more things that are bringing people out mm. into into the night, and yeah, 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 for sure. No, for sure. And if we were to like, I'm not implying that that you guys should, you know, open more restaurants to make this happen. But what is on the future cards for Kita? Or is it consolidation? The well, we do hit five in in the next month, and I think what's in store for the future is just more consistency, more more food more coffee more just everything just working on what we've got and enhancing it to make it better like i said sort of off camera like we've just literally winged it and we have never thought (laughs) that we would be in a position where we are in now five years down the track you know if you were to ask me five years ago when we opened and it's yeah it's something that we're really sort of focusing on i think this place has got a lot to go and we're still working on it but yeah, for the future, I mean, expect sort of more consistent things like merch. Mm. You know, I really like designing stuff, so that's always a lot of fun. And it's also really rewarding seeing customers outside of the workplace wearing it and just it more turning into a more of an institution. So more spreading the love, really. That's what's going on in the future. For sure. And finally, Zach, the floor is fully open to you. Are there any final things you want to say before we call it? Yeah, for, for whoever's listening, like... Thank you. You know, if you've ever come into Kita and and really spent your hard-earned money on something that we are happy to give you, then like that is something that every day makes me super super happy. Like it's something that blows my mind and sometimes makes me somewhat almost emotional <laughs> when you know it's three, four, two, three, four o'clock in the morning and this place is like full and it's like whoa, that's crazy. And people come in here and they go whoa like there's there's people here and you know there's stuff going on and it's just like yeah that's that's like we did that so thank you to everyone that's listening thank thank you to you as well that thanks for having me on i really do enjoy sort of talking about Mm. this and um people who really know me probably know that i love talking about myself (laughs) but yeah it's a really good way to sort of reflect on the last couple years and, and how we've opened so yeah to whoever's listening and to whoever's afraid to come out at night like you know give Canberra a shot and go support local businesses and go like see stuff and go experiment with foods and go expand your palates and go like go do those you know go drink a glass of wine on a Tuesday night and you know like go eat some food you've never like eaten before or go to a a restaurant or a, a local business you know in your shops that you walk past like once a week but you just never give a go just because it might not be your favorite cuisine like i think the the hospo scene in canberra is just it's just so much to offer you know they want to share it with everyone so if there's one thing to say that's well said keep going keep pushing keep spending that money (laughs) and here's to at least five more years with you guys man yeah Zach, mate, thank you. Thank you so much for for this conversation. It's been so lovely. Folks from Kita in Narrabunda, this has been Canberra, Conversations in the Capital. For the positively charming Zach Young and the wonderful people behind this establishment, I've been Henry Zhu. Stay safe, be kind, and we'll see you around town soon.